Welcome to Psyched for Psychology, a Nystrom & Associates podcast. Our hosts, Michelle Iverson and Brett Cushing, are both licensed marriage and family therapists at Nystrom & Associates. Each week, they talk about all things mental health and therapy, and you get a chance to dive into specific psychology topics that help promote personal development and wellness. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle and Brett. Hello and welcome to another episode on Psyched for Psychology, our podcast. My name is Brett Cushing. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist with Nystrom & Associates. And I'm Michelle Iverson, also licensed marriage and family therapist with Nystrom. Thank you so much for joining us today. Episodes will be released weekly on Tuesday mornings. You can also email us at podcast at nystromcounseling.com. We would love to hear all of your feedback and comments and ideas for any topics that you would be psyched to hear us talk about. So when we're talking about our topic for today, we want to talk about boredom. And a lot of us, when we think about boredom, we think about, oh, that's not good. I don't want any of that. But we were actually really surprised. There's a lot of information out there that says there's actually can be benefits and advantages to it. And when we're talking about it, you started thinking about a Pixar movie. I did, <laughs> which was helpful to me as an analogy, uh, the movie Inside Out. Yes. Because I, when I think of boredom, I think boredom blows, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's what a lot of parents are hearing in the summer months. They're hearing, Mom, I'm bored. Dad, I'm bored. Mm -hmm. And there is such utility in being bored, but we are so averse to it. And I think of that movie, Pixar's movie Inside Out, and you have the main character who has all these different emotions. Mm -hmm. And really the hero of that movie of the emotions was sadness, but sadness was the one that the little girl was always averting and always like trying to avoid at all mm -hmm. costs. I just want to be happy. And I think similarly, when we discuss boredom, we have a... A similar kind of response where I don't want to be bored. Bored is bad. Mm -hmm. And so actually boredom is very advantageous for us. If we can allow ourselves to be bored, it will really ignite different parts of our brain. Mm -hmm. And it's something we're really lacking. The difficulty is that our culture provides so many opportunities for mm -hmm. us to be distracted. And we'll talk a lot about yes. how this is, we're really you know, swimming upstream here with this. Yeah. Absolutely. What happens when we end up getting bored? Well, when we when we get bored, actually, we think it's it's bad because well, we're bored. And it's, <laughs> we it's don't not, like it. <laughs> right? It's not fun, so it can't be good, right? So, however, when we are bored, a network in our brain—it's called the default mode—it's it's ignited. Okay, so that's important for us to know right off the bat. There's something that's happening in our brain. When we, in fact, get bored, this is a good thing because this default mode is ignited now. And when we are bored and our body starts to go on autopilot, you know, we're doing things that we don't even have to think about anymore. Uh, Dr. Sandy Mann talks about this and she says once we start daydreaming and start to wander we're able to better access our subconscious and allows different connections in the brain. So what go, what Dr. Mann also says is we go on and solve our most nagging planning things when we are actually bored. When you stop trying to remember something, for instance, mm -hmm. like wh wh where did I put my keys? Or we're trying to think of something, we can't kind of conclude it in our minds our mind kind of goes offline, so to speak. And that's sometimes when we get bored. 
And when that happens, what happens later? We realize that it's sort of something snaps and we later remember, we go, oh, oh, I, you know, we have this epiphany mm -hmm. and I remember what I was going to say or I know now what I need to do. And that's kind of what's happening when we are bored and this default mode in the brain is being ignited. So we all, I think, can relate to this. And this is really a time when we are bored like this. We do tend to engage in what we call our autobiographical planning, which is when we connect ideas, we've solved our most nagging problems. This is also a time when we can set goals and establish steps to accomplish our goals. However, instead of uh, allowing ourselves to be bored, we multitask. Mm -hmm. And when do we do that? We multitask all the time, don't we? It's not just when we sit on the couch. Mm -hmm. We multitask at work. We multitask while we're driving. We multitask while we're listening to other people. We're multitasking and thinking about other things. And so what happens, Michelle, is every time we shift our attention from one thing to another, mm -hmm our brain is actually using up nutrients. Multitasking actually goes against how our brains typically act. Now, I used to say, I'm really good at multitasking. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm really, I, I know, but I'm pretty good. I mean, yeah, so I would convince myself, and I don't know about you, I think we have convinced ourselves mm -hmm. that we're good at multitasking because our culture is clamoring for our attention all the time in so many different ways. Yes. So I, I think we were forced almost to tell ourselves, I'm good at multitasking. Mm -hmm. And the reality and the research indicates just the opposite. We're not very good at multitasking. And our brain really doesn't function that way. And when we are multitasking and changing our attention from one thing to the next, we're using up these nutrients in our brain. Multitasking goes against how our brains typically act. So instead, our brains are constantly shifting from one thing to the next, which depletes neural resources along the way. So switching up constantly in our brain and our focus, it uses a glucose, which our body needs and only has a limited mm -hmm. supply. So not only do we have a limited supply in these nutrients, we have a limited capacity in what we can focus on. We have limited cognitive resources. Now, we know we have limited physical resources. I know that, especially as I'm getting older. And also as I'm getting older, I'm realizing I have limited cognitive resources mm -hmm. as well. But where do we hear that in our culture? Mm -hmm. We don't. We we hear this Im impression of you need to multitask, like you need to push through, right? Because mm -hmm. um, that's how you'll be successful. Right. And mm -hmm. success is everything. Because mm -hmm. as we talked about on a previous podcast about mm -hmm. self-esteem, that's what drives us a lot. So we're, we're, we're driven to this because there's this fear and this vulnerability. I got to keep going and I got to be productive and I have to be active. I think people, mm -hmm. one of the things people uh, sort of wear as a badge of honor is the badge that says, I'm busy. Mm -hmm. And we take this pride in I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. You know, mm -hmm. uh, people ask, how are you doing? Oh, I'm just so busy. Mm -hmm. And busy gets in the way of being bored. And we're going to talk about the benefits of that. Um, but let me talk a little bit why we, we don't get bored. Right. What happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, what happens, I think of, of boredom, it's mm -hmm. importance kind of like sleep. Mm -hmm. 
we sleep and our body needs some downtime to rest. And if we don't sleep, we're going to have some negative consequences. Similarly, I think when we don't allow ourselves to get bored, we're depleting ourselves. We're depriving ourselves of something we need. But our culture is really working against us to be bored. Mm -hmm. And for instance, a decade ago, while at work, we would switch our attention about every three minutes. (laughs) Now we switch our attention about every 45 seconds all day long. We check our email 74 times a day and we switch tasks on our computer over 500 times a day. So I don't know about you, but I, when I, I listen to podcasts, I think they're great. All of them are, are great. Some of them are almost as good as psych for psychology. But when I listen, <laughs> almost. To, almost, yeah. when I listen, I discovered this. Did you notice I, you can increase the speed? Oh, yes. I didn't realize that. Yes. And so I do mine at like 1.8 mm-hmm. because my brain can take in so much more, mm-hmm. so much quicker. And I think that's a metaphor for how we just go, go, go. Yes. And and our culture is always telling us to do that. And we can see in how many times we are switching our focus on things throughout the day. Uh, for instance, Dr. Gloria Mark, uh, uh, she talked about increased stress and incre- uh, increased switching attention and how this has been proven as people with less sleep more frequently uh, look at Facebook. So in other words, when we're deprived of sleep, we are actually driven more to distract ourselves. And we know this by research. We are not getting enough sleep. And so it's interesting correlation that as we're getting less sleep, we're getting and being more driven towards distraction. So there is, and I'm sure you've heard of the, the social dilemma. Is that it? The, the, oh, yep. Yeah. The social dilemma documentary, which I would really encourage all of our listeners to watch. Oh, yeah. Incredible. It's sobering. Yeah and scary in some ways of how our culture is really targeting us mm-hmm. to be distracted. And so... And that'd be one common theme that I've seen too. And I feel like I've had a lot of clients come in too. Michelle, I used to be able to sit and just read for hours straight. And now I can't. And often we're talking about how a lot of it, it feels to have a lot of connection with technology and sleep and our attention is being diverted. Even as we're recording our podcast, um, we record on uh, one of our laptops here. And one little part of my brain keeps noticing that I've had about 10 new email messages come through just as we've been talking here right now. Um, Those are those distractions. And that's a part of the technology. Technology has a great, you know, a lot of great achievements and advancements, but also has been really having an effect on our attention and our focus. Yeah, and I think we are fun- functioning in a way where it's just muscle memory. Mm-hmm. We are we don't even realize how incredibly we are distracted. But I like I've heard you say uh, that doing nothing mm-hmm. is a skill. It's a skill. Say more about that. Let's think about that. Doing nothing is a skill. If I were to tell somebody to say, like, you need to go walk down a familiar road. So then again, your brain's not taking in anything new. This is familiar without your phone, (laughs) without any distractions at all. And think about nothing. How difficult do you think that would be for a lot of people? Very hard. Or even doing things like just swimming laps. Same repetitive laps over and over and over again. Or just sitting here with your eyes closed, 
letting your mind wander without any music or any other stimulation to guide it. So we can't count meditation here. We can't count yoga because that's Mm. inherently that's information coming into your brain Mm. that you have to process and think about. This would be truly nothing. A lot of people would struggle. And not only would we struggle, but I think we would also try to judge ourselves for us doing nothing. And so many people have a hard time with that. Like I said before, we we often equate that idea of being busy, multitasking with success. But when we don't allow space for boredom, we start to lose our brain's ability to do things like focus and concentrate and even be creative. And I think with our phones, what makes things with phones and technology so difficult, we kind of trick ourselves into, (laughs) I'm being busy and successful all the time. And your phone, technology, things like that, it's triggering dopamine to get released into our brain because we're constantly getting this new information and these new distractions. And of course, a lot of technology is designed to keep us entertained and busy and using the, you know, whatever app we're using. So we need even more dopamine and even more screen time. And that can continue to just increase unless we give our brains a real true break. We find balance in allowing brains the downtime they actually need to process information, consolidate our memory, and reinforce our learning. Mm. Uh, so important for us. I have a degree, an undergrad degree in philosophy, mm-hmm. and the age-old question for humanity has been, what am I going to do with myself? Mm-hmm. And I think inherent within that is what? I have to do something. Mm -hmm. Doing nothing. It's almost uh, anti-American, right? Uh, You know, we we have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and make our lives uh, successful and things. So we have to drive ourselves. But to do nothing, Mm -hmm. that almost sounds irresponsible Mm -hmm. for us to do. And notice, I would say, just notice how we continually are averting our attention from doing nothing and mm-hmm. from being bored. And also I think inherent within this in, in what you were just sharing is being bored doesn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so we have no tolerance for being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And and there's real importance for being uncomfortable. I'll touch mm-hmm. at probably at the end here too, but especially in parenting, I, I think the goal of parenting is to teach our kids mm-hmm. self-control and self-control requires being uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. we don't have a tolerance for discomfort. Mm-hmm. And that can be really detrimental to a person, to relationships, uh, as we're always seeking to avoid this. Uh, so what if, what if we allow ourselves though to become less uh, distracted from boredom. Um, there's, I saw some of this, on, uh, it was a TED Talk and uh, super, super uh, just insightful. It was uh, the Bored and Brilliant project that used apps, actually. Uh, they encouraged, they had a target group of people that they were going to help them realize, all right, here's how much you are being distracted and we're gonna try to get you to be less distracted and maybe a little bit more bored. So they actually used apps to determine how much time people spent on their phones. And before the challenge week where they were going to be uh, not using their phones as much and not as distracted, the participants spent two hours per day on average on their phones, two hours per day. 
And that's kind of sobering for me. I think, wow, I wonder how much I spend on my phone every day. Uh, they also viewed six, uh, they viewed uh, checklists 60 times per day on average. So how many times do you and I check our lists throughout the day? Uh, this target group, they were doing it about 60 times per day on average. One student reported she spent over 150 minutes on her phone per day, and on average she, uh, she would pick it up about 700 times a day. That's a lot of involvement. When people were challenged to not pick up their phone, they exhibited profound urges to distract themselves with their phone. All of social media, uh, marketing, advertising, they all have this full-time staff that are warring mm -hmm. and working around the clock to distract us and pay attention to them. Uh, never in the history, think about this, never in the history of the world has there been such pressure and focus upon distracting us. The TED Talk speaker, uh, Manush uh, Zumorodi, she said that the only people, think about this, the only people who refer to their clients as, quote, users are drug dealers and technologists. So we can see this is incredibly uh, difficult for us to mm -hmm. get away from being distracted. This, this group of people, when they went through their tests and their challenge time when they weren't going to be using their phones and they weren't going to be distracted. They got very uh, distraught. They got very anxious and they couldn't believe how hard this was. And then when they got done with their challenge, they only realized that they used their phones. I think it was like 20 minutes less. Yeah. They thought it would be this huge yeah. improvement, but it was, it was really a trivial amount of time. So it really speaks to how really tied to the hip, literally, we are with our phones. Right. So what would we say are going to be actual benefits to boredom? We've talked about the need for it. We have talked about how the brain can benefit. But what else do we really see happen when we can actually allow ourselves to feel bored? Well, one of the things I think is what we touched on earlier. Our minds need a break. Yes. We really need a break. However, it's what we do on our break is we fill it with other things to distract mm -hmm. ourselves. So I know for me, I'll just come home and I'll say, I need to veg, right? And so if I'm going to veg, I'm probably going to turn on friends or yes. something like that. I'm going to turn on TV. And it's kind of funny because I'll have it on or there'll be a commercial and my wife will say, did you see that on the commercial? Did you see that? And I'll say, um... No. She said, well, how could you not see it? You were looking at the TV the whole time. I really was looking at the TV, but I wasn't engaged in it. And mm -hmm. it just shows I, I really still need to disengage kind of from everything. Mm -hmm. And it gives our, our brain a break. And as I said earlier, we have limited cognitive functioning. And for some of us, that's totally a novel idea that we have total limits on our cognitive functioning. And breaks, when we give our mind a break, it alleviates stress. So being bored, as difficult as that might seem, it actually has one advantage of alleviating stress when we are bored. For many of us, we feel like, oh, I'm stressed. I don't know what to do. If we can sit with that and build a tolerance for it, it actually helps us alleviate stress in our lives. It also enhances our own personal creativity. If you think about it, if you've ever... 
um, try to be creative in one way or another. When I think about creativity, I think about our podcast. We are often trying to be creative and coming up with ideas and topics and how do we want to approach something that requires a certain part of our brain that really engages in that creativity process. But I am not going to have a very creative process session if I mm -hmm. am distracted by whether it's my email or my phone or anything else. And so I've noticed that the times that I've been able to be the most creative was putting those distractions away, just allowing myself to be in my own head and for a moment I'm bored, but sometimes then that a lot unlocks that ability for my brain to start to become creative. There's no external stimulation um, that's inhibiting that ability for me to be able to start to think about mm. things in a new way. Right. And so, yeah, we can be creative. I wonder, it makes me wonder how much entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who tend to be very creative people, how much they actually do spend time just doing nothing mm -hmm. and thinking. I know some, some leaders do tend to just get away and, and sort of have a little sabbatical and, and just be in nature and doing nothing for this very purpose. They're lucky. <laughs> they are. You know, they're lucky. And, and but in, in reality... They're intentional too. They are. Like, I need I to need this do this. In order to do the creativity that is required for the work yes. that I do. And yes. it seems, again, so irresponsible. <laughs> right. Because what am I doing? Well, I'm doing nothing. No, really, really. <laughs> got to say to my boss, it's really important. I got to sit here and do nothing. I do nothing okay? today. <laughs> Believe me, this is really important. But it's true. Yes. Okay. And it does. It, it creates uh, creativity, like you just said. And also, it, it creates curiosity. Mm -hmm. So we touched a little bit on how social media promotes dependency. Mm -hmm. Social media promotes dependency on our phones and on being distracted. But being bored, boredom creates curiosity. And we no longer then are dependent when we're bored. We're not dependent on some external stimulation to distract us. We can develop curiosity when we're bored. Uh, because with boredom comes an urge for change as well. So as I'm sitting there doing nothing, there is this default mode in the brain that gets ignited. And that does help curiosity and it does create creativity because there's part of me that that subconscious that is beginning to be activated. Mm -hmm. And I also have a desire now to address, okay, what am I going to do? I'm bored. I do want to do something. I don't have to look externally for the answer to that. I'm now looking internally. So it's internal motivation rather than external dependency. Absolutely. And we think about too how it fosters self-control. Um, this kind of relates to your parenting comment, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I ask parents sometimes, what's your goal for your kid by the time your kiddo is going to be, let's say 18? And mm -hmm. what do you think the typical answer is? I want them to be Happy, happy, successful, healthy. healthy yes. yes, successful, <laughs> always throw that. Yeah. What I hear oftentimes, I just want them to be healthy and happy. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. How are you going to get there? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Um, and I suggest a different goal. Mm -hmm. a, a goal of 
by the time your son or daughter is 18, that they, he or she, will have the ability to say no to themselves mm -hmm. and yes to other people. Mm -hmm. And maybe that might be a podcast sometime. <laughs> right. But nonetheless, think about what our culture could be like mm -hmm. if we were all, by the age of 18, mm -hmm. able to have some internal locus of control where I can say no to myself and I can say yes to other people. Not to be able to do that, I'm going to have to be bored sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to say no to my urge to get distracted, mm -hmm. which is being built in by our society when kids are very little nowadays. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. With yeah, that. like how many times have we thought that, you know, I control my phone or does my phone control me? Um, that kind of makes me think about that experiment that we talked about with their phones. Um the ability to engage in that self-control, but also control of your environment as well, too. To be able to know that I can focus and self-regulate myself without needing an external distraction to do that for me will not only feel very empowering for you, um, but it will also help you to feel as though boredom can be a welcome thing. Mm. Welcome boredom that might have been a good title for this podcast as well <laughs> welcome boredom yeah because it is it's so counterintuitive for us so i mean we're really advocating michelle to be bored mm -hmm. because of these benefits are we give our minds a break and it, mm -hmm. it, it allows us to alleviate stress it creates not only creativity but also curiosity it does foster self-control so now how can we allow ourselves to be bored well, first, I think we've got to remove one of the biggest uh, kind of stimulators in our environment, which for a lot of people tends to be electronics. It's trying to figure out how do we use some mindfulness practices to only focus on our environment. If I were to tell everybody listening to do one thing to practice boredom, I might say, sit outside and only focus and think about trees right in front of you. If you've got a spot where you can go and there are trees, Think about that and nothing but that. And just do that for five minutes. That would be a wonderful, I think of it as a reset for the brain. You experience boredom. There's some discomfort, but we can learn how to sit and deal and get through the discomfort. But to kind of see, like, does something end up happening after I experience that? Maybe it does unlock a piece of that creative side of my brain. I start to think about things that maybe would be great and for things that I want to do and be able to move forward with after that one moment is done. It's thinking about for kids. I mean, we've heard, of course, recommendations to limit their screen time, but also think about whether a kid is overscheduled and if they don't get any downtime. It's actually been suggested that this can have the same effect um, as being distracted with screens. And by being overscheduled, kids might not get the time that they need to be bored and to process their day and for that to allow for their own creativity as well. You could be implementing things such as like stand or sit and stare time <laughs> where there is no electronics around, um, but also encouraging them to come up with their own creative play, their own creative thinking processes, just even observing the world around them. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool if some kids come to the door and say, hey, you know, can you come out and play? No, I got to do stand and sit time that mom's making me. I'll be there in like 20 minutes after I stand and sit. Uh, Michael Thompson, he's a psychologist and actually an author of a book called The Pressured Child. 
says this, parenthood is a hard job and we are constantly striving to get it right. We are all often engaging in all sorts of activities, um, including possibly over-organizing for our kids. And he says, letting kids be bored is not lazy parenting any more than over-scheduling is good parenting. Hmm. Well, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. So I would say, I think we've kind of covered a lot in terms of the advantages to it. Of course, we can become too bored. So how do we know if we've really kind of pushed the, let's experience some positive boredom into we've gotten a little bit too much. Just looking for some of those warning signs of becoming really like feeling unmotivated, uh, becoming irritable and snapping at other people. If you're feeling bored to the point of feeling apathetic, so like stuck and helpless or being indifferent to what's around me or other people, then I think we might have gone a little too far. So there can definitely be that bad side to boredom. Yeah, absolutely. Like anything. We don't want to overindulge. Mm -hmm. I want to close maybe offering uh, another benefit and maybe a means of motivation for us Mm -hmm. to all engage in boredom. You were talking about mindfulness, mm-hmm. and as a DBT therapist, we emphasize a lot of mindfulness, and there's been some studies done with these Tibetan monks mm-hmm. who engage in mindfulness, yes. and they'll do this like 12 hours a day. Talk about boredom, right? Right, because there's no stimulation that they're experiencing. None. Yes. Yes. So no stimulation whatsoever. However, there were brain scans done of them, and mm-hmm. they found that the part of the brain that allows for impulse control... Mm-hmm and emotional regulation, it, it is, it's functioning far better. They, mm-hmm. they are so much better at impulse control and uh, emotional regulation than we are. And it's, they think it's because of this, these mindfulness activities. It really activates that part of their brain. So they thought, hey, this is kind of fun. I wish I could have been a part of this uh, little study. They thought, hey, let's get them mad, okay? <laughs> See what happens when they get them mad. This is what psychologists do sometimes, right? Just kind of mess Somebody with out there, let's make monks angry. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's get monks mad, right? So uh, they got, I don't know what they did, but they got them agitated. And they yeah. did notice that the other part of their brain did light up more Mm -hmm. however they noticed that it didn't stay lit up as long as typical westerners Mm -hmm. and it was able to return back to that other part of the brain again that regulated emotion suggesting that because of their mindfulness Mm -hmm. it's not that they're void of any negative emotions they have them but they have greater control over their emotions Mm -hmm. and so then they said well hey this looks great this mindfulness doing nothing being bored and getting uh, used to it and being able to tolerate it and all of its benefits, mm-hmm. well, what do we need to do? I mean, we as Americans can't do 12 hours a day of mm-hmm. mindfulness. They said, well, let's back it down. And they found as they backed it down from 12 to 10 to 8 to 7, what do we need to get that same benefit mm-hmm. as these mucks? And we only need about 10 minutes a day. Imagine that, 10 minutes. 10 minutes a day. Now we say that. And we think, well, that's nothing until you do 10 until minutes. Until you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 60 seconds in, you're thinking, well, we're at about nine minutes right now. And no, it's actually been one. So it's it actually can feel like an eternity for us. But we can have that same benefit. Mm-hmm. That if we allow ourselves to be in a 10 minutes of mm-hmm. no stimulation, actually being bored, mm-hmm. we get all those benefits we talked about. Plus, it can help with impulse control mm-hmm. and emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. So... 
I just wanted to throw that out as another benefit and a means of motivation for us to really pursue boredom. And a challenge for, for all of our listeners, for you and me to do this week. If we can try that out, doing 10 minutes, allowing ourselves to be bored, really try to resist those distractions. Because let me tell you, I'm sure for anybody after about, you know, maybe a minute or two in, it's going to be really tempting to find a distraction. But to resist that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So parents, maybe uh, if you're going to do this with your kids, going to have them do stand and sit. I really like that. <laughs> or just 10 minutes of boredom. Maybe parents do it with them. Mm -hmm. And all of us can benefit from this. Yes. Well, we hope you benefit from this. We want to, again, thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to our Psych for Psychology podcast. We will have new episodes being released every Tuesday morning. You can find us on any major podcast streaming platform, and you can follow us for new episodes. Please email us your comments to podcast at nystromcounseling.com. Let us know any topics or comments. And again, you can learn more about Nystrom and Associates and all of our available mental health services by going to nystromcounseling.com. Thank you so much for joining. We're psyched to talk to you again soon. Thank you as always for listening and please be sure to leave us a review. While this podcast can't be a replacement for therapy, we hope you enjoyed our discussion today and join us again next time. Nystrom and Associates is always available to those who are struggling. If you find yourself in need of support and help, please check us out at nystromcounseling.com.